Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Half of the drunk on brawl crew. We got uh, Rich is at home celebrating a uh, T Rex size birthday party, and J- Jay's holding down the supermarket. So <laughs> Joe, Joe and I are here. We're 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 inadvertently coordinating outfits. Number five will always love you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. We're we're here to talk all things Philly sports, man. What's Joe? What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great, Don. You know we're uh, we're one day closer to the regular season for our Philadelphia Eagles, um, and luckily for uh, for the baseball side of things, the Phillies are playing the Reds, so it's uh, it's it's looking good. It's looking good. You know they're up. I think they're up six one right now. So. They should, if they hold on, to win this series and uh, onto the onto those uh, pirates. And listen, they got they got a bunch of games coming up where 
they're very, very winnable, and they can really set themselves apart in this wildcard race where I think you look at the teams that they're playing against. Like the, it's kind of weird how the Padres just kind of fell off and haven't really been able to collect themselves since Tatis is, you know, he, he was out. Yeah. You know, you're, you're too far away from the Braves and the Mets to really think that it's attainable to get to that point. I just, I look at it and I'm like, I like where they are. I like that they have a bunch of winnable games. There's one little stretch in there where they can't remember the order, but they, they play a combination of like the Braves, the Blue Jays, and then I think the Braves again. Okay. But I really like where they are, man. I, I like the, 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 even this series with, with Cincinnati had a little bit of adversity. But then they come back, man. They, the game last night, super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it is the Reds. I mean, you can't really, I, I guess, you don't want to buy too much into it. But still, just the fact that they, you know, they had the lead. They blow the save, you know. And then the, the, the closer that came in for the Reds is no slouch. I mean, looking at, you know, I think he was 4-1 four and, four and one with a 1-7 ERA. So, you know, for them to be able to to battle back with that with that big hit by Stott last night, and then Maton coming through clutch um, was huge. You know, yeah, they they definitely need to continue to start separating themselves. Uh, you know, and reaching for that the, the two seed or the three seed. You know, it's really, and then you you know, of course we're gonna get our, we're gonna get our our uh, our, our big bopper back um, as early as Monday next this week coming up so you know things are things are lining up um you know and you even, really even he even seeing him last night oh man how about and, that and, and listen that anytime that your your big stars go down and play in double a triple a it's just exciting for you know it, it's it's a closer look for the fans but they yeah. sold out the ten thousand seats within minutes of sure. them making the announcement and he's got to be down there. Something the, he has to exhaust the, the the timeline of the DL in order for him to be eligible to come back. But you know, <laughs> exciting to see that in the middle of a really exciting Phillies game, where they're going back and forth with the Reds, you're you're interjecting his first at bat where he absolutely crushes the ball, <laughs> and then maybe what like an hour and a half, two hours later, at the third at bat goes opposite field. Yeah. Exciting to see that he's kind of ramping up to be able to get back. And, you know, really, you got a ton of contributions up and down that lineup from Derek Hall, from, you know, Alec, ba- Alec Baum. You got, God, can we say enough? Can we throw more bouquets at Stott, man? Because Stott has, yeah. they, they really gave him every opportunity to be successful, and he's really around with it. He's, you know, he's really you know, taking the bull by the horns, um, you know, raising his batting average and getting, getting clutch hits, getting clutch hits, you know, late, late in games when the game's on the line, you know, he had that, um, he had that game earlier uh, against uh, Scherzer, you know, he was four for four and nobody, I don't think anybody's ever done that against Scherzer. So, 
that's we almost went yard last night. Yeah, that, I mean that's that was the closest ball I've ever seen to going out without going out. That was that was crazy. Um, but he's you know he's he's been fantastic. You know Thompson's been is uh, Rob Thompson's call, making making all the right calls and whatever string he's pulling seems to really uh, it seems to be the right move for, for the most. Uh, you know, put you put Maton up that Maton walks up and I'm like really like zero for eight as a pinch hitter like but you know there's there's not a lot of options now with no with, with you know some of these guys being out with injury so you gotta you gotta just see what you got with these guys so it was it was huge it was huge for his confidence um, you know guys like Sosa too really coming through um, in in big moments as well. All that can do is bode well for them. You know, as you get closer to that that playoff push, you know, you season these guys now, and they're they're going to be ready for those kind of moments. I mean, and and listen, some of you know Jay and Adam, you're checking in. Jay Jay's checking in. He's cheating on work a little bit. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you checking in, brother. Um, listen, you know, Jay brings out you know that that 13 game hitting streak with Castellanos, right? He's starting to pick it up. Um, you know, it, it's it's not it's good they're all good problems to have all problems that you know we really didn't have in, in years past and now you look at you're really starting to see that lineup that Dombrowski had to pay for right but that that lineup that was built to succeed in this ballpark right you're you're seeing contributions from guys all up and down the lineup but you're also getting the power contributions from Schwarber, Hoskins. You're getting, you're, you're seeing Bohm getting clutch hits. Um, Real Muto ha- has been, you know, getting good hits in the clutch. Where, where you, th- yeah. The, the shame about it is that you know that you have the Marsh injury, which you know for a guy that was just coming over really seemed to slot really well in this in this lineup. He gets injured. You, you, you're they they pick they pick a guy up essentially off the scrap heap, but you're you're really seeing guys slotted in the right spots. The you know it's the you have the shame with what happened with you, know, you. You get two guys that you rely on in the back end of your bullpen. They go out. Who who's a guy that's got to step up for you in the back end of the bullpen now that you know Sir Anthony will be back. It looks like a lot sooner than we thought. Yeah, it's is there a guy that you're looking to to fill, like kind of fill in that role to kind of hold it down until they can come back? Well, I mean, I guess a couple of names come to mind. Uh, maybe Coonrod, Coonrod, and Bellotti. You know, um, you you just need them to kind of bend but not break. You know, you you got to keep. Keep from having having those big innings. You got to, uh, you know, they just they just need to hold down the fort as, as long as possible without, yeah. you know, having uh, having a, a meltdown inning or uh, if they have a if they do have a bad game or a bad bad inning, they're they're able to, you know, have a short memory. And I think that's what's good about you know Rob Thompson. He seems to be whether the you know they they win ten nothing or they lose ten nothing. It's about keeping the guys calm, cool, collected, and ready to go for the next 
for the next game. And I think that's the, the, the players really appreciate um, him, him for that. But those two guys are the ones that, that come to mind for me. Um, and then, you know, I think Robertson's, I think Robertson's your closer, closer regardless, um, just because of the season he's had and the success that, you know, that he has had. Uh, he had a rough night the other night, but other than that, I think he's, he's been, he's been really good for them. Right. And, and to speak to that, right. Like you look at that situation where he does, he has that moment where he struggles. But I love the fact that it came out after the, after the game that he asked for that. Right. Like he was like, I want to be in that spot. Yeah. So that's a guy that you want holding down the back end of your bullpen. Um, it, I, I just, I, I'm excited to see how this lineup looks when you insert Harper back. Cause they really, honestly, they didn't skip a beat in terms of getting, you know, the, the production that they ended up getting with Derek Hall was really like a blessing in disguise. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, him and, and Stott and Maton and Sosa um, have filled it admirably and done and exceeded our expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, Alec Bohm has been fantastic. He's, you know, like flipped the switch and now he's, He's our he's our best hitter. It's crazy. It really it really is crazy to see how he has um, matured and, and progressed at at the plate um, and in the field. You know he's still going to have his his errors from time to time. He's he owns it. He owns it, and then you know he comes up to the plate and and, and hits an RBI single or gets a double or or moves a runner over. So he's he's been I mean he's been fantastic. So, and Joe, to talk talk about a guy who, over the course of the last season, really struggled defensively. He's been really, really good in the field, and it's almost like that that one moment where he gets caught on tape going, "I fucking hate this place," right? That one little glimpse into his mentality, right there, yeah. right? Being able to verbalize it, but then. I think the part that that kind of flipped the switch for him was where he he embraced it. He was like, "Yeah, I said it." He didn't run. He didn't. He didn't deny it. He didn't walk it back. He didn't apologize. He was like, "No, I said it. It it was how I was feeling in that moment." Yeah. Right, but but ever since then, right then he get he gets that opportunity to now just go out and play and not have to really think about anything. Right. He's been really, really impressive defensively. It's hard to imagine that Girardi was managing this team at the beginning of the season. It feels so long ago because they've done so well since then that, like, at one point, I really had to look – I was looking back through stuff, and I'm like – I completely forgot that Girardi was even the man. Doesn't even feel like the same year. <laughs> it feel it, it really truly felt like it was a completely different season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when in any, I think in anything in life, in, in a wherever you work, whatever you're doing, if, or if you're teach whatever whatever it is, you're you're a teacher, you're a nurse, 
you're a boss of a, of a warehouse, you're, you know, you run an airline. You, people, and I've learned, I mean, I'm 44 years old. I've done just about any, any, anything for work. It, you, your boss, the owner, whoever, they're the tone setter that for, for a successful business, business or sports organization, you feed off of your boss or the upper management, you know, it's, it's who's ever setting the tone. And Joe Girardi had, was so disconnected from probably all of his, all of his players. He was so focused on the analytical side of things. He, he had no, he had no personality or he didn't show it. Um, and nobody wants to be around that. You know, wh- why am I going to, give 110% for somebody who's worried about, you know, what, what I should be doing in the sixth inning when the guy's on second base. Right. You know, it's, you, you, you have to, you, even if you don't mean it, you still have to show them or, or at least ask, or you, you have to feel like or act like you're connected with your, with your employees or your, you know, your, your teammates or, or the players. Truly. I mean, that, that, that connection, showing them that it's about more than, just the production on the field, just what happens in the field. That's where you can flip a switch when you can get them to buy in. Yeah. And that's where I feel like, like that's that, that's where the, the change in the helm of this manager has really flipped the mentality of this entire team. And like you saw it when, when Marsh comes in and, and he literally, he endears himself Right. And, and it's almost mm-hmm. like he fit right in with those guys. Yeah. Right? They're, they're all on the top step, you know, waiting for the next big hit. And he's right there with them. Yeah. Um, and I know Syndergaard has not, he's not Thor. No. But he's progressively gotten a little bit better each start. He's won, the, the Phillies have won all four of his starts. Right now, he does he does skip the start, yeah, and, and misses the Mets. Yeah, mm-hmm. how probably, convenient! <laughs> listen, probably not the worst decision because when he's on and he's he he does have a tendency to leave balls out. The Mets crushed the ball for four straight days, but they have gotten really productive starts and every time they get a productive start from him mm-hmm. that's one less game that you have to play guys and pitch guys like Bailey Falter yeah. or have a or have a bullpen game yeah so the fact that y- you are getting production from a roster spot that you weren't getting from the one that you traded away right in Mickey Moniak absolutely I, I mean that situation, they, it, it, all, all three of those trades at the deadline, they're getting all sorts of production up and down. And, and it's, it, it's just, I love to see where Dombrowski is, right, where he built this team. But I'm going to ask you one more question before we flip the script and go talk a little birds. I want to look ahead a little bit in next offseason. Next offseason, there's a ton of shortstops. Is there a guy you got your eye on? 
Are are you a, a, a Dansby Swanson guy? Are you a Trey Turner guy? I, yeah, I mean, once you once you started talking, as soon as you said off season, I immediately thought Trey Turner. I immediately yeah. thought Trey Turner because you know that's been there's been some talk, there's some been some chatter since he you know he went to LA that he uh, he's he, I think he's from Florida. He wants to come east coast so he can be be closer to home um yeah you know, what and what better way to stick it to the nationals too hey let's go play for the Phillies. <laughs> right? him and harper right yeah right. hey hey Bryce, what's right. up there, there was a little there was a little social media chatter because their wives are both friends on social media so they posted a the wives had posted a picture of the two of them yeah so i I, that's the guy that I'm looking at. And listen, Joe, if you can plug that guy into this lineup, <laughs> and then you slide now. Now Stock goes to second. That's yeah. Right? And now you you quietly have a incredibly productive lineup. You got a lot of pop and power all up and down the lineup. You get you get to move on. In, in a matter of months, move on from D. Gregorius mm-hmm. and Gene Segura, who has been productive, don't get right. me wrong. Right. But you're now slotting in a younger, just as, or if not going to be more productive player, and then you get generational talent in Trey Turner. You could make a case that this team is now going to, that team, is now going to play super hard contention with the Mets. Sure, sure. And then, you know, if if, if everything lines up and all the ducks go in a row, you you flip a guy, you flip Segura for a third, a, a legit third starter. You know, I think I like that. I, I I like Ranger, but he's not a three. I like Gibson, he's not a three. And Those Syndergaard, two guys are more four or five, right? Yeah, and Syndergaard, I mean, I don't know. Is he here? Is he not here? You you need you you need three guys. You need three go to guys to oh, yeah. to be able to hang with a team like like the Mets. Um, you know, they bat Bassett, Degrom, Scherzer, Word, Nola, Wheeler, and I yeah, mean, like like. In, in a playoff series, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. like the flavor of the week. Is is are we going with Suarez? Are we going with Gibson? You know, Syndergaard, like you were saying earlier, do we, do we want Syndergaard to get, even pitch against the Mets? <laughs> Listen, if they play the Mets, oh my god! Could you imagine him? Could you imagine him up there playing playing New York for for a playoff game? <laughs> Listen, I don't want him anywhere near the mound. Unless yeah. it's like, uh, unless he, they're they're down by a ton and they just need somebody to eat up innings. Um, but that that third starter is got to be, it, it's either Gibson or Suarez, and I think it, it could be a situation where you kind of play the lineup, right? Do you want them facing a lefty or a righty? Yeah. And I think the hard part, right? That wild card series is three home games. Wherever, whoever the home, whoever's, wherever that falls, they they play all three games at one site, so there's no travel involved. Right. 
So, you know, I listen. Ideal scenario: you go in there, you win the first two, and you turn you turn that rotation over because you get enough of a break, and you don't even have to go to a third guy in the first series. Right. Yeah. So that's that's your perfect perfect storm, perfect scenario. Oh my God, that's 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 my that's my dream scenario. And then you know you, you're talking about now you get the divisional round, you get to play now. Now at some point. You probably that that when that when that series flips, you now get you get to put the bunting up, you get to hand the hand the rally, get the boxes of rally towels out, knock the dust off of those. <laughs> sitting in, been sitting in storage for a decade. Uh, listen, that's we we've been we've been hankering for some for some red October, man, and I'm I'm yeah. all over it. The, the, those those days where you can have the 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 Eagles play at one o'clock. Everybody sits in the parking lot and waits for, you know, the the eight o'clock, eight o five first pitch from a Phillies playoff game. Those are those are days where I'm like, I love th- those are those are just great. Yeah, so, that's you can't really top that. It's a uh, that's one he- hell of a day in Philly right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> those are great. Those are great days. Yes. Joe, any other Phillies that you want to jump? Let's jump right into the birds. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, that's what it's all the about. Birds, birds win, first. They they win preseason game number two in Cleveland. Not a whole lot to report in terms of. I don't think any of the starters played, other than like like a handful of guys. Yeah. Um Couple of really impressive plays though. Um, first play I'm going to talk about, Joe. You is the the it, it was on the first drive, and it. It was one of the first couple plays in that series where they hand the ball off and you got to see Cam Jurgens on full uh, display. Yeah. Talk 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 me through because I think I rewound that play. I it had, he, he's it had to be like twenty something times, man. He's he's uh country man strong. He is country man strong. He's uh He's he's athletic. He's he's just got that he's got that edge. He's got that power. He has the technique, you know. And I think I think they've been looking at this guy. They looked at this guy for a while. And I think Kelsey, you know, watched his game while he was at Nebraska. Um, it's eerie. It is. How- Close those two guys. Look. Yeah, and we and we've said it before. Like you could swap jerseys and not even be able to tell the difference between the two of them. Yeah. The yeah the way they the the way they approach it the way their 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 technique their hand their hands the way they have their hands. Um, you know they they both well obviously Jason Kelsey is always in the right place at the right time but. Jurgens was it seems seems to be falling into into that mold as well. He just you know, he he could take on blockers, he could shed blockers, he's he seems like he, he just he's sliding in and, and, and not missing a beat. Um which which is great, you know, it's great for now and it's great for the future. Um, you know, that he's getting all it's I guess it's kind of like a blessing in disguise that Kelsey is, is is banged up and has out for a little while. So he's getting those reps, he's getting that playing time. So he's not, you know, 
coming into a game cold. Or if he needs to play game one or game two, because I don't know, I don't know if any of us really know what what's going to happen in game one. I mean, if I'm if I'm sitting back and guessing right now, I'm thinking he's probably going to play. If I had to guess, just because of you know what kind of player player he is and how you know he hates not being in the lineup. Um, but it's just great knowing and seeing it live in front of our eyes how he's able to excel already. It, I mean, it, it is it is kind of wild. And I like I heard someone say I think I heard Ruben Frank talking about the lineup that they had on the offensive line in that game was all backup guys. But he started to make the argument that like that that starting five that started in this preseason game against Cleveland, that that starting five could be some better than some teams once. And he started going through it and I'm looking at it. I'm going, yeah, I mean, you could make a case that, that that starting five, they have a really, really strong offensive line room. Right. And I'm, you cannot convince me that that has every, it's all due to Jeff Stallard. That's one man that they can't let, they can never let, <laughs> do not let that man leave. <laughs> that, that guy, they, Joe, we're going to be talking to our grandkids about Jeff Statlin <laughs> because they're going to be rolling him out on a wheelchair because they can't afford to get it. They can't afford to let him go, man. He is, he, no. he, he can turn any guy. Into a, into a productive player. Right, right. Yep. And, and you know, you, you get, you know, and, and then you see the production, right? You, you got really good carries from, from Kenny Gamewell. You got good production from, from Boston Scott. Um, I mean, the, the, the other guys that, you know, Jason Huntley gets, gets some carries, like guys that aren't going to, guys that aren't going to be on the roster. Right. Um, you, the second play. Talk to me about the the, the fifty five yard bomb to Devin Allen, right? A guy who hasn't played a game in a in a, in a while. Yeah, I mean, sp- speed kills. Speed. My man's got but speed to burn, man. He does. He does. And I mean, it, it was great, and I feel great for the guy. And he'll never, you know, he'll never forget that moment. It's just. You know, and listening to listening to you know sports talk on the radios and watch listen to stuff on TV. It's what can he do other than that? Can he? I mean, he's going to have to play special teams. Mm-hmm. He's going to be able to. Can can he block? Can he deliver a hit? Can he take a hit? Can he withstand the day to day grind? You know, the week to week grind of that kind of contact. You know, because you see a lot of these guys that. You know they're one-trick ponies and want all they you know they can run a four-two or four-two-five or whatever it is, but they can't stay healthy or they they can't translate that speed to the field. Yeah. We, I mean, we saw him do that, but can he can he do it on a consistent basis? And how how's he going to hold up with that the regiment of all all of that contact, which he's not, you know, he hasn't been uh, exposed to that. 
And right. is he is he football or is he track? Yeah. Which, where's his head at? Is he more football or is he more track? Because he's doing you know he's doing all this Olympic stuff. It's 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 like you got to you got to put it all into one or the other. Listen, I agree. I, I think you saw track star speed right there, right? You saw him. N- nobody bumped him on the line, right? He was able to to no, no. There was no bump and run coverage. He was able to just make a beeline straight down the field, and no one ever touched him. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously. You know that teams, if he's on the field, teams are going to scheme to that, right? They're going to know that the only reason he's on the field is because they're trying to stretch the defense. Yep. So you have to be able to put him in situations, you know, if, if he does end up making this roster where, you know, you see if he has the ability to be able to get space and separation when they know that that's what he's on the field to do. I think the thing that's hard, that's going to be hard for him is that he's battling a guy that does the same exact thing, right? He's bad. He, he and Britton Covey, who's a guy who we talked about, you know, last week, they both do the same kind of thing, right? They're both fast, speedy, shifty, get them in space and let them stretch the field. I, I think at the end of the day, it might be them keeping one of them on the roster to do return. And then one of them, they try to stash in the practice squad. Right. Yeah. Or, I, or both. Or they both no, I think because then you, you right now, just because of experience and I mean, Covey's younger. He's, you know, he just played college football not that long ago. Allen hasn't played in a while. You know, he's and he's a little bit older. Because he's been doing all of his Olympic Olympic stuff, but then you got to factor in a guy like Dion Kane. You know, Dion Kane has been great. So, I might cut out. No, no worries. What what do you like about Deion Kane? Deion Kane. Because I like him too. Because because he produces and he has size. He can he can get separation. He can make a a contested catch and he produces. Um, I mean, he had some success with the Colts. Uh, Didn't really you know didn't really stick around there, but. I just think he has more. He's going to be more consistent. He's going to be more of a guy that's uh, that you that you can rely on if you if you really have to. I mean, what's he going to be? Receiver five, receiver six. I think it's Covey. If they keep six, I think it's Covey, Covey, and Kane. Um, I I don't know unless for some reason they decide to keep Rieger. <laughs> Joe, and and this this is why I want to talk about Deion Kane. Because I think, for me, I think that between now and the start of the season, I think Howie Roseman is doing whatever he can to get some kind of value out of Jalen Rager. Problem is, 
is that you can put him in a showcase spot in the second preseason game. And I think he gets like six targets. And out of the six targets, he's got two receptions for 17 yards. So, yeah, and that's, that's, in a, that, that's in a second preseason game against backup the, second or third string. Yeah, right. All the guys from Cleveland that are fighting for, for jobs and spots. Yeah. Like, you're trying to put him in a place where you can kind of sell. You can't even sell high. I'm just saying sell ish. Yeah. Right. And what, like, Right now, you're really going to be lucky to get, I mean, a five, a six, maybe. I mean, yep. at, the, at the very least, you maybe swap him for someone that might end up on your roster or, or on your practice squad. And I hate to say that, but at some point, I think with him, how many I, – I know that they drafted they, – they invested a lot, a lot of draft capital. Now, not his fault that he gets picked in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Joe, he's not even producing for any round. Like, he's just not producing in this role on this team. Right. He, to me, is a dude that, you know, a team like Chicago, who yeah, you right. talked about last week, who needs wide mm-hmm. receivers. If you know, wh- Whatever you can do to kind of – swap him out for something that has value, right? And speaking of swapping stuff, did you see that the guy that they they swapped for our Sega Whiteside? They now he, he already got traded. He already got traded to Tennessee. Yeah. Right? And that to me is an undercover Howie Roseman move. Right? Because he swapped our Sega Whiteside for a player. Right, he obviously wasn't getting the value that he thought he was, so he kind of got a guy who maybe had a little bit more marketability and a little bit more value, and essentially you traded our Sega Whiteside for what is going to be a pick swap. Right, it's kind of it's it, it, it's a shiesty Howie route, but it but it's a Howie Roseman move, it, right? You know where, yeah, I think that's why it's so hard for them to decide to, to decide on what they're going to do with Rieger just for the fact that he was a first round pick, you know, how, how he is I know. with the high picks. You got to go. We're going to, you know, we're giving him an opportunity. We're going to give him another opportunity. We're going to give him another opportunity, but you know, with, you don't you don't need Rieger. Rieger was Rieger was good in training camp. Rieger hasn't been good in either one of the preseason. The actual games when it really matters, he's he's invisible. I think of Deion Kane in those games. I don't think of Jalen Rieger. Right, right. Deion, I mean, Deion Kane was a guy who bodied up guys, went over top of a guy to catch a ball. Yeah, was 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 a really good route runner, right? If you go back, I mean, it, you know, not not that preseason stats or anything to no. to make a decision on, right? But Deion Kane had five catches for sixty six yards, right? But it, it, it's a mentality too. Like I just right. don't think I I don't. Well, I mean, he could go somewhere else and do well. Which I hope, listen, I hope he does. Exactly, I, I but have no ill will. He just. 
stinks here. Right. For us, he's done nothing. You know, and he's expendable at this point. When you have when you have mm-hmm. AJ Brown, Kez Watkins, Devonta Smith, Zach Pascal, and whoever after that, he is expendable because if you keep him, what's he gonna be? The five? I mean, right, and at that point, you can't trust him to play special teams. Right? You no, can't trust him to be the returner. He's not built he's not built he doesn't have the mindset of he doesn't have that killer instinct. He doesn't want he doesn't like contact. He doesn't you you could tell that. And you could you can see that and hear that in in the way he responds on social media and just use the eye test of watching him during games. Right. He's he's skittish and he's like it's almost like he's always here in the footsteps. And again it gets to him. That's why he's not ma- able to make make those the the and really any kind of catch. He's he's missing a lot of ball. He missed a lot of balls. Doesn't know where he is on the field. It's it's just it's it's a vicious cycle. And I, I'm I'm hoping that they can that it ends before before the season starts. I mean, listen, and the additions that they made that you just talked about, right? Over the course of you know over the course of the last couple seasons, they really didn't have a whole lot of other options. So he had to play. Right. But, but now you, in, in the course of the last couple seasons, right, you add AJ Brown, right. You, you add Devonte Smith, mm-hmm. you add Zach Pascal, you add John Hightower, you add, like you add all these guys and yep. he just, instead of rising up and meeting the level of talent that is it now in that wide receiver room, it's almost like he's regressed and gotten further away because I think he's where I think the confidence lacks is I think he sees that, right. He sees Devonte Smith go out and, and, you know, just to touch on, you know, some of the stuff that came out of that, that, that shared camp day with the, with the Dolphins today, right. When he sees Devonte Smith go out and torch GBs, when he sees AJ Brown go up and body wide receiver, you know, body DBs and yeah. make one-handed catches, and and they do it effortlessly, and he sees that, and then he goes out in a preseason game and has two catches yeah. for seventeen yards. He's just that's it, the stuff that I think gets on his head, and it and it lets him know that the reality of the situation is yeah. that he's further away from those guys than he is close. Sure. Yeah, because he he thinks or knows that he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and the whole social media thing of Twitter and whatever, wherever else he's on, and people are messaging him or he's sending stuff back. It's like that just show that just shows that you're not you're not mentally tough. You know, right. you don't need to respond to that. Turn it, sh- turn it off. <laughs> right. Turn it off. Don't do it. Don't post. Don't read it. Don't look. Like, just go out and play ball. But I, I don't, I don't think he can do that. Like, I don't think he knows how to get better or want to get better. Or even at this point, he might not think that he has to because of. You know, pretty much this whole entire receiving core that we have, 
is already better than him. Yeah. It's, really? It, it, I mean, listen, at, at this level, when you are playing at the highest level of, of anything, the separation between the guys that are elite at that level and then the quote-unquote just the guys, right? He is now just a guy. Mm-hmm. Right? He is a guy that is, at this point, on this roster, because everybody else is kind of elevated the talent, kind of disposable at this point. Definitely. But it's that it's that first-round pick line hanging over his head. It really that, is. That's it. You know, I mean, he even if he was a, even if he was a late round pick, he'd still he would be a bust. And that and that's why I say, Joe, like it's not his fault where he got picked, right? But where he got picked aside, he's just throw, not the player. Throw, he's throw not the player. He's he's not good, and he doesn't do. He doesn't really do anything to help this team or make this team better. Right. Joe, if you if you go out, right, if you're talking to your financial advisor and you give him, you know, three years ago, you make an investment in a company that was that you thought was like on the come. And after three years, you're talking to the guy and, and it's and it's just losing money every year, every year. Right. At some point, your financial guy is going to be like, yo, Joe, we got to move this money. Like, I don't care that you thought it was like you thought it was like top notch next thing hot next hot thing coming right you 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 cut bait and you start to reinvest that financial capital somewhere else it's going to take for the eagles to see that this investment in this draft pick is just sunken money right you can't you, you, it's lost money at this point yeah I mean, two two seasons, six hundred ninety five yards, and three touchdowns for a first a first round wide receiver. Yeah, that's just it. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Not in a day and age where you get guys that are that are going to get that, that you get guys that are picked all up and down that draft that never had the problems that he had in terms of getting massive production. So, you know, it's just, it's sunken money at this point. It's, it's not anything that I want to continue to invest the, you know, that's on them until they see the opportunity to say, we got to move on from him. There's nothing we can do. Right. Just sit back and watch. Now on the defensive end, any of those young guys that you saw that are, you know, the, the, there were a lot of young guys that got a lot of play. You know, a guy, there, there were two guys that kind of jumped off the tape for me. Um, first guy I want to talk about it was a, was a free agent that they signed, free agent draftee, Josh Job, the kid from Alabama who looks like He's, he's done everything to be able to make this roster and be kind of that, like, DB3, DB4. Mm-hmm. Just a guy I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with. Really good pedigree right out of Alabama. Um, yeah. 
could could be a guy that you know it will probably be a guy that will play special teams. Um, yeah, and then the young guys, right? Nicobe Dean is a guy that just, even though you know the it doesn't show up super super glamorous on the stat sheet, right? He has you know one tackle and two assisted tackles, but right. You see him out there in leadership roles. I think by the end of the year, you think by the end of the year that he start that he's starting. You think he can he can crack the starting lineup? I don't see why not. I mean, you know, especially if somebody gets injured, um, which is always a possibility. It's a long season, but you know, he's a guy too. Also, pedigree. I mean, look at. Look at Georgia. Look at Georgia football. Look at, you know, the guys that they produced. Um, and he was the quarterback of the defense down there. Um, I mean, he, he's, he was one of the best college linebackers ever. He can, he can go sideline to sideline. I mean, he's a little bit short in stature, but it, does, I mean, it doesn't matter if you can play the game and you can move and you um, and can make plays. And he seems like a kind of guy who's – that's all he's going to do is make plays. Um, he's just he's just wired that way. He's built that way. He's the leader of the defense. Um, and once once he gets his, his feet wet and he gets those reps in, I think it's I think the sky's the limit for for a guy like that because he's just he's got the money. He's got he seems like he has it. He yeah, seems I'm going like to give you a comp for him that I saw, and I'm not going to take credit for it, but I saw someone. On, on one of the, I think it was on, it might have been on Facebook. Ryan Shazier. Mm-hmm. If he can be Ryan Shazier, you're going to have a guy who's going to spend the next decade manning the middle of that defense, playing behind his boy, who's also <laughs> going to be in the middle of that defense. Oh, yeah. yeah. And listen, Joe, no, it, it's it's not a wonder that they're starting to hit on some of these draft picks when you look at where these draft picks are coming from. Yeah, right? finally. Coming from, 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 from really high pedigree SEC programs. What took so long? <laughs> it's like all of a they, they, they discover the fountain of youth. <laughs> it's like the, I, I'm just – I'm glad that now we're starting to see that like, okay – now that we're getting, we we can now go back to that well and say, okay, we know we're getting insanely productive players from these places. Let's continue to go back to that yeah. and just start creating this pipeline. Yep. And, then, and it, it's it's yeah. wild because you look back at you know these last two drafts, right? This you know this year in in one rounds one and three, right? You take you take Jordan Davis and you take Nicobe Dean. Last year, you draft Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson. Keep going to those places, Howie. Yeah, I mean, those got those schools. You know, they get the best recruits, and their their backups could be start could be starters, and their backups, the third string guys, could be starters at, at other colleges. So. You're playing against the the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme, the top of the top. So why not why not dip into that well 
and 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 take guys that are you know they're playing for the national championship or they're playing they're in the you know the um, playing for the championship game or the or the secondary games. It's I mean it's a long time coming. I mean you see some of these other other teams that draft draft kids from these schools and go go on to be successful. So right. it was just it's nice that they are starting to figure it out. They just need to be consistent with it and keep going with that. And one thing I do want to say, oh, huge, 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 you know, with the, the progression of this offense and how well it's being built and, you know, ascending, the move last year for them to draft Devonta Smith and jump up and get him because Dallas wanted Sertain, Sertain went to Denver. So Dallas, then Dallas, like, they freaked out. They didn't know what to do. So what are they doing? Let's trade with the Eagles. Right. <laughs> but but the Giants were going to take Smith. Could you imagine if we didn't go jump up and make that move and we were stuck with, the, like, Rieger, Rieger, it would be Rieger, Watkins, and who knows? I mean – you're you're hoping that they still make the move this year for a guy, for a guy like Brown, um, but man, but you don't know though. That was a right? huge. That was a huge move for Howie to make, and and hit on that because we we easily could have missed out on him. Oh, I mean, listen, you, you don't have to tell me twice, right? That 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 ultimate play in terms of you know sliding the draft capital around to be able to maneuver to, to, you know, trade back and then trade up and, and get the guy that they had targeted the entire time. They knew that they needed to make that move in order to be able to make the move and make themselves viable contenders in the East. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Cowboys. <laughs> I, I hate saying that. I really do. But they, they made out well too. They, they took Mika Parsons. So they, they, and they, they made out well also. I, I sincerely think that I, I that's the guy that I wanted to, to truth be told uh, that if I had my brothers, that would have been the guy that I would have wanted them to pick. Parsons. Now, Parsons. Yeah. Parsons was a guy that like, Again, a guy like we've talked about, like N'Kobe Dean, a guy that you can stick in the middle of your lineup, and, and they really play him everywhere. And I really, he would have fit, his mentality would have fit in perfectly in this city. Yeah. But I also love what Devontae Smith can do and, and how dynamic a player he can be. So I would have, I, I would have been fine either way. Right, um, but it is it is fun to go back and, and look at that stuff and see how and, and it's also interesting at the same time to see the Giants continue to fumble those positions. Yeah, man. it's who knows, man. Joe, before we get out, we got college football starting up, man. Oh man, final. I still find it weird that they call it Week Zero. Week Zero, it's the, baby. It's the first week of college football. One of my favorite things I love I love the the Kirk Herb Street game day going going on campus. Um, talk to me about what you love about college football. I know you're a big Q's guy. I am a big Q's guy. You know, 
I grew up in upstate New York, so don't kill me. Yeah, good. you're good, brother. You're good. Uh, I'm a legit Philly fan, but, you know, my, my college sports roots go back to Syracuse. Um, but I, I'm also a Penn State fan because I did go to Penn State, and my da- our daughter graduated from Penn State. But, um, you know, it's just they, these kids just go out and play ball. There's no drama. You know, they're – they're just out there to win. They don't. They don't have the egos and and all the the nonsense that some of these some of these pro pro athletes can can get sucked into. But it's um, just you know the rivalry games. Um, you just you, you know fall fall is it's almost like fall is in the air, and then you know pro then the pro footballs right around the corner too. So it kind of just gets everything it gets everything kicked off. So. Um, and it's just, you know, the, the tailgates and the, the, all the festivities and the shenanigans and the hoopla is all, all, I love all, you know, you gotta love all that. And I'm, I'm actually hoping to get out to a, uh, a Penn State football game nice this year. So yeah, I got a, got a, got a good contact. So I'm going to try to get out there for, uh, for, for a game and, and have like a all day festivities going on. <laughs> Listen, my, Joe, my, my love for college football is actually kind of in the complete opposite direction of yours. Okay. I, I didn't grow up with a college football team. Really? I, I grew up, my dad loves Villanova basketball. Okay. Love, so we would watch Villanova hoops like it was religion. But college football was always just on. Right. It was just, you know, at, at noon. Yeah. And my dad was notorious for like, you know, one TV's in the living room. One, you got one in the, in the, in the den. He's standing there looking back and forth. Now he's got one on the porch, one in the, he's got them all over the place. <laughs> so it was just always on. Yeah. So the part that I love about college football is like, I don't have a team. I didn't, I went to Newman college. Okay. I didn't, I didn't go to a big. They they don't have a football team, right? So, I don't have a rooting interest. I just love the fact that I get to, I can flip it on if it's an SEC game at you know yeah. at three three o'clock on, on on Saturday, if it's a Pac twelve game that's on at ten thirty at night, like right. I can just turn it on and watch whenever, and the the different there's a different atmosphere. In college football, which is part of what I love, mm-hmm. because it's so dynamic, um, and they're so invested in that team. And you see a lot of the the, the sad fan memes when they they, they lose in dramatic fashion. Um, but college football is just exciting, and and it's 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 a different game. Um, and I think the one thing that I'm excited to to see how it plays out is how this, the whole shifting of teams, in terms of the cut where where they're, not where they're geographically located, but their their allegiances to different, um, different conferences and how that's shifting. Yeah, and it's really kind of shifting to like three or four like twenty team conferences. Yep, and. You know, you saw you saw UCLA, you and saw them, just, and yeah, and yeah, they're 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 going to hop in and join the the Big Ten, yeah. which essentially means that at some point you're going to have an East and West coat. You're going to have like a 
uh, a bilateral, you know, west and east. They're going to have a dividing line. Everybody goes geographically. Um, but just exciting. College football is just exciting. It's just fun stuff, man. It is. And, you know, growing up a uh, Syracuse sports fan, you know, my aunt and uncle were like how I am with the Eagles. It was like the game's yeah. always on, you know, people are over, you're having all kinds of food festivities. But, you know, Syracuse was like was like a pro team just because, you know, I mean, you got the Giants, you got the Jets, you got the Bills. But, I mean, where I grew up, Buffalo was probably three hours. Yeah, and so it's a little far. City was like – or the New York City area was probably close to five. And, okay. you know, I'm 44, so, you know, late 70s, 80s, and 90s, Syracuse sports was – and still is – I mean, that's the university for, for, for New York State. So, right. you know, basketball, lacrosse, football, they were, they were the top. I mean, that was, that was the school to watch. And we watched them. We watched games every day. You know, if basketball was on, we watched basketball. Football was on, we would, basketball. We would watch that too. Lacrosse, whatever. Yeah. Uh, didn't go to the Carrier Dome a ton, but okay. it's a 50,000-seat stadium. Indoors, and it was, you know, basketball games, you're getting 30, 25, 30,000 people. No, I've never been, but is it, when I see it, it reminds me of the vet. Is it the vet with a roof? Kind of. I mean, nicer. <laughs> it's, I don't know, but it's, it's nice. So I, I don't know if we can convert, if we can compare it to the vet with the, the cracks and the leaks and the, you know. I got you. I got you. The the uh, the small cats. I mean, rats running around. <laughs> but it was you know it's it was it was a big it was a big deal because that university is all about their. I mean, they're ac- academics, but their their sports are are huge. And I was I was sad and disappointed. You know, growing up during the Big East years. That's why for me and and going to Penn State for college, Nova was kind of. For the Big East, Nova was a rival. So Syracuse, oh, yeah. Nova, I mean, there was like a they hated each other. So I can respect Nova, and and I I like to break people's balls about Nova because I'm I'm a Penn State guy. But I, I miss those I miss those Big East I miss the Big East and the Big East basketball games. Those rivalries are 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 the greatest for me. You know, them moving on to the ACC. I know it was a money move, but I think they lost. Their program took a hit because, you know, the big the big um, recruits are going to go to North Carolina and Duke rather well, than go. And the, the NILs aren't helping. No, not at all. You know, the, 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 the NILs are, are really given a lot of advantage to uh, all the teams in the South. They're all they're all seeing the benefits of that. Real quick though, did you see the one kid that I think he goes to Kansas? He just got an NIL deal with a heating and air conditioning company. <laughs> no, no, did he? Did you hear it? No, I missed that. His first, you know, you know what his first name is, Jeff? Oh my god! What? First name is uh, the coldest. Oh come on! D capital D E 
Capital C O L D, the coldest. Okay. He's got, so he's got an NIL deal with with. Yeah, he's got a lot to live up to. But he's got an NIL deal with a with a local HVAC company. <laughs> he, better, he better have a good game. He better be a he better be a baller. He's gonna get dropped. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. He's gonna be out in the cold. <laughs> Well, it won't, it, won't, it won't be a huge stretch when he when he has to go uh, when he when, when he has a bad game because he'll be in the the coldest will be in the fridge. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's funny, man. Joe, let's let's wrap it up, brother. Final final thoughts. What do you got for final thoughts? Oh man, final thoughts. Um, hmm. I mean. We just got to keep riding this Phillies wave. Hopefully they're there in the end. When it really counts, it's it's all about getting in, being healthy, and being on top of your game as you're going into the playoffs. You don't want to just fall into the playoffs. You want to still be playing good ball. Um, and, I, you know, obviously I'd rather play – you know the the Cardinals or the or the Brewers. I, I don't know if I want to play the Braves right off the bat, but it, anything can happen, and it doesn't. You shouldn't really worry about who you're playing. You just want to be playing good team ball when when it really counts. Um, but I I can't wait. I can't wait to see how the season wraps up, the regular season wraps up, and I'm hoping and praying that we're we're there and we can get in there and. Get a get a playoff baseball game. That atmosphere is just—it's electric. It really is. Uh, you know, when they the year that they won the World Series, I was actually back in my chef days. I couldn't get out of work oh, the day that they won the World Series. I wanted to be at a bar. I wanted to be or or there. Yeah, I lost all my options. I could not make it down there. Still kicking myself, but you know that that environment, playoff, playoff sports in Philadelphia is. We're getting, we're, we're, Joe. I, I, I really just to kind of piggyback. I really think we're getting close. I think we're getting close. Where the the Phillies team is on is on the come. I think the Eagles are. You know, we'll see how close they are in terms of quarterback play and how far this team that team can go and yeah. I think I think the Sixers are prime for really the best team that they've had to surround Joel Embiid so I, I think that you know we won't talk about the Flyers because the Flyers are yeah we they're <laughs> the, Flyers, the Flyers are flyering right now it's just crazy because it's been so long since they've been that they're just so irrelevant like, not even like worth talking about. Like, it's just bad. Yeah. Listen, Joe. For final thoughts, I'm gonna give a shout out to a couple of our uh, our our sleeper fantasy team owners. Uh, we got a couple guys that fired up. You know, we're always looking at you know kind of help everybody out. They got a they got a survival pool going on. Uh, you can head over to their social media and check it out. Uh, last one standing gets a fired up sports t-shirt. So 
if you want to, you know, it, it doesn't cost you anything. You can go over there. If you're the last one standing, you get a free T-shirt. Um, and then, you know, my, uh, a close friend of mine, um, and, and, you know, Joe, you've probably run into him on some shows, but Chip uh, yeah. over at AAT Birds, right? They're, they're running a huge, huge get for them um, to be part of this Philly sports trips uh, trip down to D.C., and they just had you know the the post game on Sunday with Hollis Thomas. You know they're doing great things over there. Uh, so you know that looks like it's going to be a banger when they they drive down there. Last I heard, the the total that Philly sports trips I think has. I want to say the last time I heard they have fifteen buses going. Wow! They bought a thousand seats. That's awesome, man. They bought and here's here's the great thing. They bought 500 in each end zone. <laughs> right? So it doesn't matter what, what, what side they're on. In both end zones, there's going to be a pile, a whole pile of birds fans, man. So it's going to be a ton of fun down there, man. You know, just uh, – but shout out to everybody that's doing – just doing great things, man. Just, you know, if, if you're out there, keep keep doing good stuff, man. It's It's just cool to see everybody out there doing great work. Yes, sir. Go birds! We'll see everybody. Jason and I. Jason and I will probably be on, maybe talking some fills on on Friday a little bit, maybe some hockey. Who knows? Some uh, but uh, <laughs> 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 team. Not the team that uh, is is currently in the unmentionables behind me. <laughs> but you need to you need to have a a. a Paper bag cut out with the uh, the holes just to put over that. Oh wait, Joe, that's <laughs> I changed that to be the. <laughs> All right, I you got, set I that up, didn't you? I got I got to pull this up because <laughs> I. All right, here we go. You ready? That's the. There it is. I changed. I, I put. The, I, put the, <laughs> I, I put the logo as the eyeballs in there. I got that. That's the, that, that's the Twitter profile picture for the drunk on ice. Oh man, that's the best. Oh, it's oh listen. You, it's you gotta, sad. It's sad but true. You got You got listen. We got to keep it light and bright, brother. Yeah, it's the, only, it's the, it's the only way to survive. Yeah, to get through it. Oh, all right, Joe. All right, Don. You fuck around. You stuck around. You found out. We'll hold it down for Rich. We'll, we'll have it. We'll have Rich. It listen. Hopefully, you know, ne- the next show we can get everybody back together. We can finish up our 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 birds draft. Question, question. Yeah, go ahead. Does Davion Taylor make the cut? Rich, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> See you later, folks. <laughs>suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.